Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive most weeks. I'm Tom. <laughs> Julia. I'm Anthony. <laughs> We're reunited again. Reunited so nice. and it feels so good. It's always and... weird when we don't talk. It is well, weird when we don't talk, but it was fun. Like, we didn't have a total lapse of communication with you. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We had a wonderful way to keep keep up with your trip. That's true. Yeah. It was fun. Hell, how was it? It was so good? Talk to us it was about so it, good. It was so good. Uh, I felt like I was in The Nun at the place I stayed for for the wedding I had. It looked like a scary, haunted... I mean, it was an abbey, an old abbey, but it's creepy at night. And Scotland was beautiful. That's absolutely nice. beautiful. Saw a bunch of Harry Potter sites, like the train viaduct and the little island where Dumbledore was buried and Voldemort desecrated his tomb. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I met Highland Coos, which was probably my favorite thing in Scotland because those are the sweetest little animals. They're so cute. They their are, bang but... game is strong. Their what game? Their bangs game. Oh yeah, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, you got to be careful w- with that wording given what we're covering tonight. I'm yeah, that's and accurate. and uh, they loved a good nose boop. They're very playful. Oh, they're just big dogs, right? Basically, yeah. I'm really sorry I didn't... I'm now regretting that I didn't nose boop you last time I saw you. There's always Christmas this year. December this year. (laughs) It's not happening anymore. What happened? We're going to the West Coast instead. West Coast in December? Have fun in your summery days. Mm Mm-hmm. You'll you'll Uh, lose points on your Christmas travel experience because the atmosphere won't feel right it won't Summer. unlike dogs though the highland coos have giant horns that will impale you if you're not careful that is a bit of a detractor to a snuggle pet <laughs> but we saw the fairy pools which is really cool that's the one you stuck your face in right uh, it's supposed to give you eternal youth and beauty Maybe that's you why hold... you feel like poo right now. Yeah, I think it. <laughs> I'm, just I, I'm just kidding. I think it gave you COVID influenza instead. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fairy pool. 
bacterium. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the Scottish stuff, like the bus tours they did in Scotland, were awesome, and like they have so many cool, like just legends and stuff. Like they have red mountains and black mountains, and they have this legend that's about witches that lived in either one of them, and it was awesome. And they're huge on um, Nessie out there in Loch Ness. Mm-hmm. They own it. They own they it. Should. I love that when they just take the thing and they claim it. I met a guy out there who has lived on the shores of Loch Ness since he was like moved oh. out of his parents' house. He's met, he's lived in a little trailer, and he's determined to find her. He's he's uh, he's been on the History Channel and Discovery and <laughs> the Discovery Channel and stuff, uh, talking about it on specials and stuff. And he sells little messies he makes from the shore. Nice guy, a bit, you know, but nice guy. It's kind of it... what I would expect for someone <laughs> who lives on the shore, but of Loch Ness, trying to find Nessie. Aren't there conspiracy theories over there such so much more precious than ours are over here? Uh, yes. <laughs> apparently Charlie Sheen. So apparently last year he rented a boat and, uh, because he was determined to go find Nessie in the, in the lock. And they said this is a true story. He befriended locals in a <laughs> rented a boat with a dude. The dude took just like five bottles of whiskey with him out onto the water and just like went blind blind drunk. And when he woke up, he was washed ashore. Uh, he doesn't know if it was Nessie who did it or, uh, you know, he doesn't remember. So he said, oh boy, he's going he's gonna to come back and look for her again. I'm upset because the end of this month, they're having the biggest Nessie search in the history of the lock. So everybody like, just get in a boat and go out on the water and start poking at things. Pretty much, and nobody can nobody can nobody can answer me when I ask them. So, what happens if you actually catch her? Well, yeah, uh, I think we know the answer. We've all seen ET. Time they're for gonna a fish di- fry. They're gonna no, dissect no. her. It's not okay. No, no. old-fashioned fish fry. <laughs> but it was cool, and then going to Newcastle and seeing friends and seeing where I used to live for four years is really fun. Oh. Although Disco Fifty Four, you couldn't get off work and you ditched me, but oh. but I did meet the Tisic Podcast baby. I love oh. that so oh, that much. Me happy, yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Was oh, it, good? Wa- it was fine. Just fine. I got like tons of steps every day. I bet you did. Oh, and then my other friends, Jen and Danny, they've been together like since second year of university. They're married to three kids now. So I got to meet one of their kids. The other one was down, like already we went to their house for dinner. The other one was like at their grandmother's house. But their eight-year-old kid I did meet, Jude, was- Excellent so, name choice. So precious. He, like, the first thing he says to me is, do you like Harry Potter? And I was like, oh. are they? And I was like, are you putting, I want to say, did they put you up to this? Because obviously we met through Harry Potter. But then he leads me up to his room. He leads us up to his room as just like the most magical Harry Potter type room ever. Legos oh. and posters and stuffed animals and toys. And, it, and it's the accent 
But like British kids, man, he was like, let me show you my most prized possession. And he takes out like a little (laughs) Baltimore Lego minifigure. I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. Uh, he he bought the 300 pound Hogwarts himself. He saved all his birthday money and holiday money for it. And oh, I asked, nice. how long did it take you to put together? He was like, three months, which isn't so bad for a kid who's in school half the time and has sisters who ruined his life. I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> he did not say that. This kid's like straight out of Judy Bloom. I'm in love with him. <laughs> oh my gosh speaking of kids books we've been reading and doing audiobooks with ellie because she's had a very ambitious reading goal this summer mm-hmm. did y'all read ramona quinby yes i used mm-hmm. to love ramona those books crack me up they are some of the best books for parents and kids together had you not ever read them <gasps> so they're legitimately funny mm-hmm I love Beverly Cleary. Oh, this kid. I'm a big fan. This kid Jude had a dragon too. Sorry, like it was like a mechanical one in the weight in the wings. He was like, "Well, my sister broke one of the pieces, so this is of my own design. I had to improvise." (laughs) That's what he said. It's the funniest thing. Oh, I love creative kids. I love kids with accents because they just sound. Mm. I was oh, telling yeah, my, sure. I was telling my friends. I guarantee you, if me and Sarah had a kid the same age and they were the same class and they did the exact same thing, misbehaving, your kid would get away with it because of the accent, <laughs> and my kid would not. <laughs> oh, that's funny, dude. What were you gonna say about Beverly Cleary? Nothing. I was just gonna say Stuart Little is terrible. The book, oh, the book? is. The book is terrible. I've never read the book. It is so disjointed, hops from story to story. It's just not good. Hmm. I always like that meme that floats around, like with the picture of the littles and Stuart, and it said, This is what Harry Potter's childhood would have been like with Wormt if Wormtail didn't betray the Potters. And it was <laughs> Lily James and him with Wormtail. <laughs> That is so true. <laughs> <laughs> I still think one of the realest reactions in those books is when Ron finds out that Scabbers is Peter Pettigrew and his reaction is immediately, I let you sleep in my bed. <laughs> and it's disturbing that he wanted to. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. What have you been doing, Julia? Um... I don't know. We're like in the doldrums of summer, right? Where nothing, where there's no time, but looming on the horizon is school starting again, which is uh, two days was, for us. I was about to say, you officially have a college student now because she started her first day. Yep. So Hannah started college on Monday. Everybody else starts Thursday. We did schedule our first college visit with Ethan. Where y'all going? Um, OSU to do a college visit. At OSU, cool. which I'm excited about. It's a golf cart visit with one-on-one stuff that they extended him the offer to do. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I will do that at any campus. I don't care what it is. I love going around places and learning about things. So that's exciting. And 
Lucy's all healed up from her dog attack, which is awesome. Oh, good. That's great. Um, no more donut, which is the best. Uh, I will say I got most of your Christmas gifts for both of you overseas. That's exciting. I, when I go overseas, I will bring you back some cocaine. I was, about to say, I was about to say, knowing Tom, I'll probably get cocaine, a hooker, and like... We'll what. never see Tom again. He'll get held up at the border, and <laughs> that'll be the end of the podcast right there. Nah, Is we'll anything just... fun, Tom? I've just been spending time with my kiddo and having a great old time. When does she go back to school, summer. Tom? She has half days on Thursday and Friday. Hmm. Then she has a back to school pool party with our church on Saturday and a blessing of the backpacks on Sunday, which y'all for the first oh, time ever backpacks have been overly stressful to me this year. Yeah. I'm like, what are we going to do for a backpack for her? Like, and she didn't know what she wanted. And so Christine ordered a few backpacks and I didn't like any of them. So I ordered her a fancy backpack <laughs> with, with wheels and it came in tonight and she is over the moon. Did she Absolutely. like any of the ones you didn't like, or did you veto her opinion? She, she didn't love them. <laughs> this was the one she loved, and I was so glad that we have that over with now. Uh, and I'm going to brag. It was several hundred dollars on Macy's, and I got it on clearance with a coupon for $50. I love that. Or on sale with coupons. So expensive. Um, do you all know I have a bag addiction? Have I talked about yes. that with y'all? I think I okay. knew this. I think I knew too. Christine told me not Did to buy a, a backpack with wheels. No, Christine told me not to. And now that I've seen a backpack with wheels, I feel like I made a huge mistake. I think I made a huge <laughs> mistake. Huge. <laughs> and it all started almost 20 years ago on the day that I married my wife. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Tom, I must say it's adult of you at least to admit when you to admit you make mistakes. It's a nice change of pace from well, watching people the one that I... doubling down that they have never made mistakes. Julia is so excited about what we're covering tonight. Aren't you, Julia? That's probably not the word I would use. Oh, weird. Okay. it Tonight, we are covering the Ots series, How I Met Your Mother. For those of you who are not aware, How I Met Your Mother was a show in the early 2000s. It started after, after I feel like this type of humor was already done. Like when How we're I moving... Yeah, anyway. How I Met Your Mother started kicked off with its inaugural episode in 2005 and ran for a total of nine seasons. In case you're wondering. And it has two spinoffs. How I Met Your Father and which one? The original failed How I Met Your Father where Greta Gerwig, the kind of famous director now, starred as the main character. Whoa. Was it bad? I actually like that version better than the Hillary Duff version that's on now. Okay. Hillary Duff's on it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's a star. But... 
Okay. Uh, so let's do a little background on the show. The show follows an absolutely pathetic guy, Ted Mosby, who's an architect in New York who falls head over heels for different girls all the time, including being in love with a woman who he just can't be with and not getting over it. I found it really obnoxious now. It did not hold up. And the whole story is him talking to his children about all of his friends' wild sexual escapades leading up to the time that he met their mother and all the women he slept with before he got to that point, which I think is a really weird flex to your kids. (laughs) The show... Uh, before we jump into to the cast, the show is narrated by Bob Saget. So we hear his voice all the time, which I guess, given who he is as a person and his style of comedy, it might make sense that he would sit down with his kids and talk about his sexual escapades. I don't know. I wouldn't <laughs> well, be surprised. That, that's the same time at your father, too. Like, it's Kim Cattrall doing the voice. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, that's funny. So it's not Full House Bob Saget. It's stand-up comedian Bob Saget. Mm-hmm. The real Bob Saget. I feel like Full the House is the Bob anomaly. Saget. Nobody is the Full House version of themselves. So, God. the the protagonist of this show is played by Josh Radner, who, you know, had some some moderate success prior to his show this show he was originally supposed to be in the tv show off center on the wb but his role was recast before the first episode aired a couple years before how i met your mother started he made his broadway stage review when he took over jason biggs part in the live version of the graduate opposite kathleen turner and alicia silverstone you know it's funny. I can I never put those two together, but him and Jason Biggs have the same energy. I can kind of see that. Yeah, I can see that. In two thousand four, he starred in the Paris Letter alongside his future co-star Neil Patrick Harris. Honestly, okay. he hasn't done a whole ton of big stuff since, but he has dipped his toe into music more with Ben Lee. Like singing or? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. He he wrote songs with Ben Lee, so. Their first album that they did together was released in 2017, and people generally liked it. I didn't hear it. And they announced they were going to do a sophomore album that was postponed due to can due to COVID. But they have a, an EP which dropped in 2021, and uh, people like it. So, hmm. all right, yeah, he was in films like Not Another Teen Movie, Happy Thank You More Please, The Galapagos Affair, Satan Comes to Satan Came to Eden. You know, it's funny he was the lead on the show but he was definitely the one who was the most least famous of everyone on the show he really Mm -hmm. was well yeah colby smothers was more famous than he was so thank you marvel yep playing his good friend we have jason siegel he's in that fantastic show shrinking nowadays i haven't seen it i 
after his he started doing bigger some movies after how i met your mother uh he was he's done a lot dude uh, he had some roles prior to this. He was in that movie SLC Punk, which I absolutely love. Have y'all seen that? Nope. SLC Punk? Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Stars Matthew Lilliard as a like punk dude in Salt Lake City. It is. It was such a good movie. Huh. Okay. Yeah, he was like I said, he was on Freaks and Geeks for eighteen episodes. He was in the movie Slacker. He was on the TV show Undeclared for eight episodes, and then his fame grew. From this show he was then in the movie knocked up i love you man he was a voice forgetting on... sarah marshall forgetting sarah mm-hmm. marshall he was a voice on despicable me he was in bad he teacher a... friends with benefits this he's the 40. biggest one of the biggest muppets fans out there which is why they gave him the muppets to do that movie i love that movie by the way the I did t- he did so good in that y'all he was just <laughs> he was so good and in the muppets I... James you Siegel, tell- if you're listening. He's not. Go on top. <laughs> uh, he just, I just, just say- he was having the time of his life. And while we're talking about other <laughs> celebrities that remind us of this guy, he's got a very John Krasinski feel to him. Yeah, I can see that. But Jason Siegel, if you're listening, I want to thank you for bringing Uncle Dudley back to the mainstream of the Muppets. That started with your movie that you wrote. <laughs> and then he's just been stayed around since then. I love Uncle Dudley. Mm-hmm. Uncle Dudley. Through part of the show, he is a romantically involved with and dating Lily. Through part of the then, show, the whole show. Then no, they were on a break. Yeah, well. Mm-hmm. Then she they got engaged. Then they got married. And Lily is played by Allison Hannigan, who Besides this, most notably for me was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and American Mm -hmm. Eye series. She is the bane of Julia's existence because it's thanks to her everyone makes that joke this one time at Bandcamp. Yeah. Do people still make that joke? Oh, yeah. Oh. They do. That was was gross. She did we a may lot cover about- her again in the future because it's rumored they're doing American Christmas. Yes, it is. Oh, fun. She was also in the movie that I love, Florence and Ulysses, that Anthony did not love. Correct. And I haven't seen it. You all need to watch it. That should be your family movie night movie. I know, right? You're going to love it, Julia. Oh, I don't like the way you say you're. Well, Anthony didn't like it, but Julia's going to like it. (laughs) Playing Ted and Marshall's good friend, Barney, a serial pervert, is is Dr. Doogie Howser. I mean, Neil Patrick Harris. Who we have covered, right? I feel like it's it's impossible that we have not covered him. He was in that 80s Christmas movie. the Oh, yeah. 8-Bit Christmas. 8-Bit Christmas. Thank you. And then playing Josh Radner's love interest that he doesn't hook up with, but is obsessed with throughout the entire show. Telling they the hook kids up. how much. Well, they, do they stay together? They end up together at the very end. Oh, well, he kept it, early on. He was calling her there. He was calling 
early on in the show, he would call her their Aunt Robin. Yeah, correct. The finale of this show, by the way, spoiler alert, had the final season, you get to know the mother, played by the amazing Kristen Melody, and she's the best Who character on this show. She dies in the end. So Ted ends his Ted... whole story, and his kids are all like, Dad, this is clearly a story about you loving Aunt Robin. And he hooks up with her in the end, and people were like so like upset because it's the wrong. mother you just don't... dies. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, who ends we're... up being the mom? You said Kristen Melody. Yeah. Huh. Who was Colby's... just cast as Falcone's daughter in the Penguin HBO TV series? Oh, fun! Colby Smulders is a real life Canadian, much as she is on this show. I think she's probably most well known for being Maria Hill in Now. In the Marvel yeah. Cinematic Universe. Sadly, yeah. as she will say, because they did her character dirty, man. She was in, she was a reoccurring character in Stumptown. She was in, like, I'm not going to go through all of the Marvel stuff because it's like. It's a lot. All, of, all the things. She was the mother in a series of unfortunate events TV series. She was on she Jack. Was. She was on Jack Reacher. She was on the TV, the movie Unexpected. She played Ann Coulter in Impeachment, American Crime Story. Hmm. I thought I didn't like her on this show. Man, her as Ann Coulter. She, she played young Lucille Bluth in the Arrested Development revival on Netflix. She did. She did. That was fun. And I don't really care about anybody else. This is kind of the the crux of our show, right? Yeah. Indeed. Um, for histories, I watched this show for a minute. We watched a few seasons of it, and then I got tired of it because it was extremely formulaic in ways that weren't good. It was always the same thing. Uh, Ted fawning over Robin, Barney making dirty, dirty jokes, Lily and Marshall having some sort of existential crisis. Everybody's happy at the end. You know what, Disco 54 or any of our listeners saying your podcast is extremely formulaic. Anthony and Tom go at it. Anthony makes dirty joke. Tom is on his pretentious high horse. <laughs> Julia has to play moderator. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring up that Barney reminded me of you in every episode we watched. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, I watched the show live. I did Sarah, say yeah. Sarah was very into it. Uh, it was a big deal. Like I remember, it was a big deal. Everyone watched this live. I mean, it clearly was a big deal. It had a, an unsuccessful spinoff, and then got a spinoff. Um, but even watching it live, like uh, I thought, what the start in two thousand five, right, or two thousand four, two thousand five, and I thought this type of sitcom in general was kind of on its way out because 2005 is also the year the office started and person record come like a year later or whatever. Like you're going for the smarter, more subtle comedy. Um, so yeah. Uh, well, and by the, that, by, but it was, it was ranking really well. It, oh, it was, it was, but like, I just remember always feeling that I never liked it as much as Sarah or a lot of like my friends and stuff. Like I know Matt Yurd's a huge fan too. Where did this come up? 
like I remember saying, oh, this show, because I don't feel the show holds up well at all. And I was a no. Facebook group or Discord or whatever, and I got like piled on, friendly piled on. And I was like, well, okay, <laughs> I just don't feel like it does. It I like I find it hard. This is not a show either where you can just pick random episodes and go back and watch. Like I find that hard to do. But uh a lot of history. Yeah. There's two, yeah, there's a there's a lot, it insists upon itself. Mm-hmm. Plus but... plus um What was I gonna say? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can't go back and watch. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna come to me later, and then I'll jump in. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, oh, it went on too long. Like a lot of sitcoms do, went on too long. By the final few seasons, you're like, ah, just meet the mother already. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Uh, I'll say this, there's only one of the three episodes tonight I actually liked. So. I think there's only one that any of us found tolerable. I'm going to play, I'm going to put money on. Julia, what's your history or non-history with this show? Uh, it's a non-history. I never watched this. Um, I don't know why I didn't ever pick it up because it was absolutely popular and a lot of my friends were watching it. Um, but I think I've caught like random bits of episodes here and then in syndication, just flipping through the channels. It was never funny to me then. It's not funny to me now. It, it does not age well at all. Barney really doesn't. No, he he's, like a, well. he's like a, he's like a walking a... billboard for the pre me too movement. I feel. Yeah. He, he is without a doubt the same character he played in Harold and Kumar. Well, at least Harold and Kumar, you know, he he's portrayed as like over the top, like that's how they're portraying him. Like you yep. know he's supposed to be a big character. Here. Yep. Yeah. He's not lovable at all. I mean, and I can't help but compare it to friends, right? Because I figure it's sort of a natural comparison between the two when they meet in a coffee shop. These people meet in a bar, they're friends for life, lots of history. Um, but like Joey is lovable and goofy and stupid. And Barney is like none of those things, right? So I don't think he can get away with the stuff he says the way that Joey would get away with the much tamer stuff that he would say. No. So no. I don't know. I just didn't like I don't like any of the characters. They're all really annoying and I don't care for any of them. I think that's its fatal flaw. The only character I like is Marshall. I like Lily sometimes. Oh, I hate Lily. She's a Grinch. She's a Grinch. I like her sometimes. But I think that takes us into our first episode. And Anthony, since you've been sick, I will acquiesce to your request. Thank you. And I you appreciate the that. first one. So our first episode we're covering tonight is season two, episode 11, How Lily Stole Christmas, which first aired December 11th, 2006. So backstory at the end of season one, Marshall and Lily were engaged, but she up and walks out and leaves him to go pursue her own life in California painting. And uh, I don't get it. She's not even a real artist. She doesn't even own a beret. <laughs> And Ted and Robin are finally together after Will They or Won't They during season one. So 
right off the bat, we get establishing shots of snowy, Christmassy New York, which puts you right in the Christmas mood, which I appreciate it. Um, and we get the voiceover, the classic pop sack voiceover, where he's talking about the year he decided to spend Christmas with his New York friend's family because he didn't want to spend it with his mom and her new boyfriend, Clint, or his dad and his new girlfriend, Microbrewing, or his super religious cousin, Stacy in Staten Island. So we cut to the past, and Lily has turned their apartment into a winter wonderland. It was very atmospheric. It looked mm-hmm. awesome. And uh, Marshall is a big kid. He loves it. He loves the holiday season. He just wants to he wants to be there and take it all in and eat the cookies she's making. But he has a paper that's due that day. So he's leaving for law school. And uh, he refuses to look at any of the decorations because he believes that, that this winter wonderland <laughs> will be his reward for finishing that the was paper. Um, so he leaves and Lily and Ted are left alone and Lily finds the old answering machine uh, that was unplugged after Lily and Marshall had broken up and she plugs it in and she's like, oh, there are messages on here. And one is from Ted um, who is leaving Marshall a message basically saying, you know, you better not be on the couch lying down, still crying over Lily. Uh, she's a Grinch. And B word, right? No, C word. I think it's C word because of how C bad word. they make the word. Okay, words. I was, I was. I don't think it the could whole have been time I'm like it's not that it. bad. I was trying yeah. to figure out, and but that, I figured and... it. They use Grinch because it kind of sounded like. No, no, right? it's a C word because they've definitely used a B word in the show before. Okay. So he calls her a Grinch, and as Bob Sackett interjects Wait, here, pause. Absolutely 120% out of character for Ted Mosby in every other episode of this entire show, to use that word. Really? He never threw down a Don't you agree? Tuesday. I, Don't yeah, you- I would agree that he wouldn't call her that. It's not out of character for him to call her something to cheer Marshall up. Right. It would be like, I mean, you wouldn't hear me use that word. Yeah. But Ted calls Lily a very, very bad word, Grinch. And as Bob Sack interjects, it wasn't, I didn't say Grinch. Um, which was a nice callback to a Christmas story where Ralphie yep. says fudge, and he's like, but I didn't yeah. say fudge. And Ted even says that as well here. When Lily looks he at does. him, shocked, he's like, oh, fudge. And it's like, but I didn't say fudge. That um, did make me laugh. I will give a point. That made me laugh. <laughs> So Lily asks why Ted would call her that, and Ted says he's trying to get Marshall to stop idolizing her, to stop putting her on a pedestal, um, otherwise he would never get over her. And, you know, we see flashbacks to this period when they were broken up, and Ted's asking Marshall to tell one thing wrong with Lily, and Marshall's like, there's only one of her. <laughs> um, oh, what a sad sack. Um, but Ted tells Lily that he's just trying to help Marshall and refuses to apologize to Lily because you were kind of a Grinch. Um, which he goes to the bar and Robin's like, Ted, you can't say that. And he realizes yeah. he has to apologize to her. No, um, she says, Tell me you apologize. And he's like, Yes, I apologized. 
Well, no, he said, I'm sorry was the first thing that came out of my mouth. Yeah. But then it was, I'm sorry. I'm not going to say I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so at the bar, why, was, why was he actually upset, though? We learned that he wasn't actually upset. Just well, well commercial. correct. And we will get to that. Um, at this bar, though, we also learn Barney has this subplot where he's getting sicker and sicker as the day goes on, and he just doesn't whatever. Um, so Ted, after Dr. Robert's like, I'll apologize to Lily, and he, I guess, they lived by this bar for a while. He brings a full beer up. That's how he always used to apologize. And when he opens the door to the apartment, it's like the Grinch has been there. All the all the Christmas decorations are gone except for one broken bauble on the floor. Um, and this won't do. Ted's less annoyed about this than crap. This stuff has to be here for when Marshall gets back. So he tries to call Lily, uh, gets Billy instead, and gets stuck on the phone with him for half an hour because voice <laughs> voice call messed up. Um, and it's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve. That's a whole. That's another. This is another one of the waiting to decorate until Christmas Eve, which boggles the mind. So anyway, Ted decides. No, I don't get that either. Uh, so Ted decides to go to the Bronx to Lily's apartment to apologize. Uh, he gets her to open the the door by pretending he's a pizza delivery person. Um, and in this cramped, tiny New York apartment, all the winter wonderland stuff is out and it clutters the space. And it, he apologizes again for calling her a Grinch. And Lily's like, "I know you. That's a fake apology. You're clearly still angry with me." And she's like, why won't you forgive me? Marshall's forgiven me. We've moved on. Why won't you forgive me? And Ted says, well, because you apologized to him, but you never apologized to me. We were friends, too, and you walked out and stopped talking to me at all. And it hurt me. And you know what? You were a Grinch. And at this point, (laughs) the lights go off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the lights go off and Lily's like see you upset the man upstairs and Ted's like yeah well I don't think God cares and then, <laughs> then you hear the landlord upstairs saying if I hear you use that word again <laughs> that was funny so Ted's like yeah, sorry Tom what were you going to say I've got a side with Ted here not with his use of the word but she hmm. abandoned everybody. She left her friend group for like for years. Yeah. And she wasn't even going to tell him, Marshall she was leaving. She was going to yeah. up and leave. He came home yeah. early when she was packing. So, yeah, I agree. Me and Sarah, Sarah likes Lily. We've gotten into a fight about this <laughs> episode many a times. Um, so Ted's like, you know what? Whatever. You can be mad at me. I'm not going to apologize. Just take the decorations back to the apartment. Uh, for Marshall, I'm going to go spend Christmas with Stacy and her family in Staten Island. Um, so Marshall does come back home and finds the Winter Wonderland intact. And he has no knowledge, obviously, of what happened during the day. So he also has a gift for Lily. And it's this fragile box. And he tells this story about how I wasn't really working on my paper I was I spent the day tracking down your gift. So I went to the post office and discovered the boxes around the back of the truck. So he chases the truck down mm-hmm. and at the back of the truck and finds the box. And when he's before it goes to the Poughkeepsie, 
which is about an hour north of the city. Um, but he learns that the driver won't be able to deliver all the gifts in his truck prior to Christmas morning. So Marshall, being the puppy dog he is, says, you mean people won't get all their gifts? So again, a montage of him helping the UPS driver deliver all the gifts. And I really like that. That's typical Marshall. And that's very mm-hmm. sweet. Um, so he gives Lily this box to open and it's an easy bake oven. The exact color and model she wanted from childhood. But she never got it because her feminist mom didn't want her to conform to traditional gender roles. <laughs> so she gave her a Lego set instead. Um, and she's like, how did you even know about this? And he admits he learned it from Ted, to whom Lily told the story eight years ago back in college one night when they were high. And this makes clearly makes Lily feel guilty. Um, yes. So... We cut to Stacy's house. Ted is there with Stacy and her husband and all their kids. Um, and he's like, hey, kids, I got you guys presents. And, like, <laughs> Stacy's going to give them all the way to charity. And then the really funny joke where a little girl's like, yes! And she's like, not you, charity. Goodwill. It would be funny <laughs> if they didn't keep reusing this charity joke. Yes, which they do. Yep. Um, so, and Ted, I of course... More- I liked more that when they clarified, no, we're not giving it to charity. We're giving it to what people you know, in need or whatever. And the, the other girl goes, yes. Uh, <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, they want Ted to lead Grace. And Ted says, uh, you know, he, he'd mess it up. So they're like, why don't you read us your favorite Bible verse instead? And he said, why don't you read us your favorite? Why don't you recite your favorite Bible verse, charity? And that's when the doorbell rings. And of course, it's all his friends, not just Lily. It's Lily, Marshall, Robin. And sick Barney, who they dragged mm-hmm. all the way out to Staten Island. And Lily's brought Ted a beer, like he brought her. And Stacy's like, Who is it? And Ted says, Carolers. So they start singing Silent Night, which love actually. Yep. Which is a love actually thing, because that's the song they play at the door when uh Andrew Lincoln's apologizing to Kira Knightley or confessing his love for her. Um, so Lily also, says she's yep. also a crap move. So Lily says she's sick of apologizing. Well, she goes to apologize, and Ted says, you know, it's fine, I apologize. And Lily says, you know what, I'm sick of apologizing, let's skip straight to forgiveness. So <laughs> they all take off after Lily says, you know what, I was kind of a Grinch, and Stacy's kids overhear this, and they're like, what's Grinch mean? And Stacy flips out, they're like, Grinch, 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 oh Grinch. Gosh. And yeah, they leave to go spend Christmas back home. Uh, one thing I did want to put out an inconsistency with the story. Barney is super offended by Ted's use of the word Grinch. And he makes the comment about Ted kissing his mother with that mouth. Ted claps back at him. And Barney makes the comment that he's never kissed Ted's mother with his with his mouth yet. Which we learn later is not true. He has made out with Ted's mom. Yes. <laughs> so... Out of the three tonight, I, I actually like this episode. I thought this was a for this show an actually actually a pretty decent episode. Um, because it dealt with oh, because a Barney was sidelined for most of it because he was sick, and that's a huge improvement for how I met your brother for me, where he's usually front and center. But b the story with Ted and Lily, I think, was while Tom says it's uncharacteristic uncharacteristic of Ted to use that word. 
which I agree with. Uh, I the story, I think, is resonant. Like you, you know, breakups are hard in real life, and you don't just, you know, lose your significant other. You tend to lose friends and family and stuff as well. Like their friends and family, you know, it's a big split. Um, so I liked it. Plus, the Marshall stuff was great. I loved how a bunch of her kitty is with the Christmas decorations and his good deed at the end, delivering all those gifts. Uh, plus, the atmosphere really got me. This episode looked beautiful, like from the establishing shots of New York in the snow at Christmas at the opening to uh, all the apartment decorations. I really enjoyed this one. What did yeah, y'all think of this? This is my favorite of the three. The only one I liked. Yeah. Did it have a line this moment? It. Oh, sorry. Uh, real quick, one of my favorite parts um, when Marshall's leaving with his eyes closed at the beginning of the episode, he tells her, he's like, is that the cinnamon cookies, the Christmas cinnamon cookies baking? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, save me three dozen in the bowl. And then he just leaves. And the final scene is him listening to the Nutcracker in an empty apartment, <laughs> sitting down with his bowl. <laughs> I, I do. I do that with Sarah too. I insist on always looking at the bowl when she makes Christmas cookies with the raw eggs and everything. Oh, I, yeah, you know what? Yes, with the raw eggs. No, nope, I do. Uh, Ellie, there was a book, and in one of the kids' book we're reading, it talks about they trick a kid into eating cat food, and Ellie goes, "You gross, Mama! Can't you get salmonella poison?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know um, if not. Dog food and cat food is notorious for salmonella. Yes, anyway. I did know that. So that's our PSA team. Did this episode have a Linus moment? I don't know. I guess. I don't think Marshall had a question with what the real meaning of Christmas was. We just saw him partake in it with the UPS delivery of the packages. And the other ones just, I don't know, felt bad for being idiots. And I don't I don't think it had a Linus moment. I think it does with Ted and Lily. With the easy bake oven. Yep. Well, I think Lily realized she was a cringe. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, what would y'all give this one? Four. Six. Eight. Which gives us an average of a six. All right. Our next Christmas episode comes in season four, episode 11, Little Minnesota. Um, all right. So the main plot line of okay. this one is. What? Can, I, can I interject? Yeah. Not a Christmas episode. <laughs> it is set at Christmas for sure. So Ted's sister is coming to town. Her name is Heather. Um, we see some flashbacks on their sort of strained relationship really it's just that ted is more responsible than heather is and is put out by her level of irresponsibleness we see that she's asked for help from him before and she's kind of hung him out to dry like he's he's more left less of the hung him out to dry and more that he stepped out in a way to help and she's kind of abused it so she's coming to town. There's also this long running thing where she comes to town, I think at least yearly is what it made it sound like. And every time she comes to town, she's quite attractive. He's got to keep Barney away from her because Barney's going to defile her. And so he wants to protect his sister. It's a good older brother, you know, all of that. So Heather comes to town, Barney absolutely finds a way <laughs> to meet Heather this time. This is after we get a short montage of Christmas, three or four years of Christmas, where he's looking at the family Christmas card that Ted and Heather are both in and sings 
dirty versions of Christmas songs having to do with his sister. Um, but to quote, to quote Ted on that, Ted says, "You're like Weird Al Yankovic if he only wrote Christmas songs about banging my sister." Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so Heather's in town. Barney shows up, so no more avoiding Barney and Heather meeting. And Heather has come in strong, saying. I want to start things over. I want to get serious about my life. I found an apartment in New York City. Hey, Ted, can you co-sign? Can you be co-signer on it? And he's like, I really don't want to do that without outright saying that I don't trust you. Like, let's talk about it later. So Heather has her feelings hurt. Barney is stoking the fire. Like, he's definitely not going to do this. And that's his way of saying he's not going to do this. Um, And Barney flashes his um, business card. Hey, guess what? I work at a bank. How's about we do some business together? And by business, I mean the business. He doesn't say that. Those are my words. So Ted is upset that his irresponsible sister is being irresponsible again. Ted is upset that Barney and Heather are definitely going to get together. Lily has a problem, a seasonal problem around Christmas where she can't not tell people secrets. So she's like blurbing every single thing she knows. And this culminates in Lily walking in to Barney's office and seeing them in a state of seeing Heather and Barney in a state of undress and very quickly going back to Ted and saying, Oh, Hey Ted, they did the dirty, which incenses Ted. In the meantime, we have a subplot side plot where Robin and Marshall, I'm assuming y'all are going to have to fill me in here. They're both from the north and right because Marshall's from Minnesota and she's from Canada. And she misses Canada. And she misses Canada. What I do think is funny how they're in short sleeves the whole time and like everybody else is bundled to the hilt. And that did make me laugh. But so Marshall being the good guy that he is realizes how homesick she is, um, not just for the place, but like for the people. And so he's like, let me show you something secret here. So he takes her to a Minnesota bar uh, where everybody's from Minnesota and they talk about Minnesota stuff. And like, they have like fishing arcade games and like, it's a very comfortable atmosphere, right? People are chummy chummy. And it's like, we're all in this together. And she's having a blast. How comfortable for who? For them. <laughs> comfortable for them. <laughs> <laughs> So she's having a great time there. Um, She can settle in and get comfortable, but she quickly realizes there's a little secret to this bar. If you are not actually from Minnesota and they find out, they kick you out. So she has to play a little impersonation game. Every time her Canada comes out, she has to try and stifle it. And she ends up kind of adopting one of Marshall's stories for her own to get everybody to like her at the Minnesota bar. And to sell herself as a Minnesotan, 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 Minnesotan. How do you say that? I think you covered all the bases. All right. Yeah, six <laughs> options there. Pick one. Um, so Marshall gets a little ticked off when he walks in and she's telling his story as if it's her own and realizes I'm an outer <laughs> I'm absolutely going to out her. Everybody, she's from Canada. And that Canadians have this weird thing about being terrified of the dark is sort of the ongoing sub joke there. Yeah. Um, 
so she leaves and kind of gets her feelings hurt a little bit. He kind of realizes that was sort of an a-hole move. And so they talk about it and he ends up doing a very nice, what I assume is a very martial thing from the three episodes I've seen now of this show. seems like a very martial thing is he finds her a place where she can feel at home. And it's a, it's a bar for Canada, for people from Canada, which is cute. I thought that was super cute. So and, and they do a karaoke rendition of let's go to the mall. Yeah, I didn't get that. Why she put that so, mask on. So she growing up was a Canadian pop star. <laughs> and she had songs like Let's Go to the Mall oh, and Two Two Beavers Are Better Than One, meaning actual beavers, but Canadian. Of course, there's always a double entendre. But yeah. okay, that makes more sense now. I was like, I don't understand what's happening here. Okay, so the way that our main plot line resolves then, because the two are are completely different the entire episode, like never the twain shall meet. Um is ted sees his his sister super interested in buying the super expensive bag she can't afford he gives her the good fatherly brotherly advice he doesn't think she's going to take it but she does so he's got this spark of hope and then that's when the poop hits the fan that they slept together and he calls them on it and they say aha we didn't we set you up to prove that you have absolutely no trait no trust or faith in your sister um to which ted realizes you're right i really don't so he presents her after they all go off and lick their wounds for a little bit he presents her with a christmas present it's like the only christmas we get and i think there's like some mantle decorations maybe yeah there's some decorations at the bar and stuff too yeah um he presents her with the bag so like briefcase that she wanted that was it's very expensive and inside of it is the co-signed lease and he basically says i want to get to know you better how you are now uh since you're turning a new leaf and blah blah blah, blah. so that's the episode terrible i like the yeah. marshall robin stuff but yeah. yeah i like the marshall robin stuff i like she ordered sliders and they were full-size burgers <laughs> 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 um but yeah the whole other storyline like i don't give a rip about any of that anything that has to do with barney i don't care i think he is one of the most obnoxious characters we've ever covered on this show slash in tv history he really is do people like him yeah he, he, was, a fan fa- he was a fan favorite i'd like the demographics on who likes him uh, his stuff that he did, he did some stuff that was funny, like the suit up when he would always get Ted to suit up to go like dressing nice was funny at first. How he would always say everything was legendary. I know so many people who would say legend. Like, wait for it. Wait for it. Dairy. Dairy. Uh, people, people liked it a lot back in the day. And I would was, just like was, to point his, his character. So I will say his character was different when he first came on. It was something new, unexpected, but it just kept going like <laughs> really where's i mean you? in the end he has a daughter what great so does he turn into one of those dads that's like well it's oh like the gosh, very final episode but like, Barney. it's a very final episode oh. but yeah when when they uh it's a sweet moment he like we're the first time he's holding her yeah you know there's a voiceover about how i like it 
fundamentally changed him the first time he held his daughter and decided to pledge his life to her instead of you know. booty mm. oh yeah i think it is the final episode too like when you keep going further and further into the future and he has a daughter now like there are hot girls and mclarens and he's like would you cover up what would your parents think about you if you if they see you dress like this <laughs> hmm so not Christmas. And him and Robin also get married and divorced. What? Yeah. yeah. And then Barney Ted and Robin. With... Barney yeah. and Robin. Because that's just what you do when your best friend has been pining for the same girl for fifteen years. You go and marry her, right? Okay, that's a choice. Seriously, terrible. There's no Christmas. There's no. just that uh, one moment at the end, like you said, Julia, he gives her a Christmas gift. That could easily have been a birthday gift or an Easter gift or a... Or you're in town. I haven't seen you in a while. Congratulations yeah. on your new career gift. Like, yeah. it really did not have to be Christmas. No. Is there a Linus moment? No. No. Is there any positive moment? I mean, what Marshall does for Robin is cute and nice. Mm-hmm. So I'd, give like it it? One. I'd give it a four. Two. One. I guess it's a 2.33. All right. Next up, we're going to go to season six. Episode 12, False Positive. And while this episode does have some Christmas scenery and vibes that are very nice, again, not a Christmas episode. I'm going to start carrying a gingerbread house when I go see movies in December, though. Okay. Yeah. It's right. They're right. never delicious. You don't ever want to eat them. I no, know. The pretty ones aren't good. Uh-uh. So so we open up with Lily and Marshall finding out like they're they're taking an at-home pregnancy test. They do have a funny exchange where Marshall's like, okay, I've got a question for you, Lily. Can girls aim when they pee? And sh- Lily's like, can guys aim? Because I feel like I'm cleaning, I'm scrubbing the floor in the bathroom all the time. Did make me laugh because Marshall's then like Marshall then says, "Well, you're the one that put the far side calendar above the toilet. You know, I laugh with my whole body." <laughs> uh, so they find out they're pregnant. They tell everybody they're really excited. Robin has applied to be on a TV show with Alex Trebek, another Canadian, where she will flip a. The whole TV show is heads or tails. And it's where people <laughs> wager money on what the outcome of a coin flip is going to be. And we're watching it. And the guy's like, wait, tell me what year is the quarter made? Like really trying to get in the, 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 the nitty gritty details of, of somehow identifying this, this coin. <laughs> She's going to do that. Uh, Barney is, has this ridiculous bonus from the bank. I don't know what he is. I'm assuming he's, we don't ever find out exactly what he does at the bank, but he's apparently highfalutin. Absolutely. And he's going to use his money to buy a diamond-crusted pinstripe suit with the pinstripes made of diamonds. And I mean, here... uh, talk about a great way to spend your money. Yeah. And Ted is only looking forward to going to see It's a Wonderful Life in the movie theater. That's all the guy is thinking about this whole episode. It comes out that they come and they explain, they, they say they're excited Lily and Marshall tell them that they're gonna have a baby and Barney's like, oh, what am I doing with my life? I'm just wasting all this money. I need to donate money to charity. And I don't mean the girl that I'm whatever on the side. So we have, again, the charity joke is back. Only this time it's perverted. Mm-hmm. And Robin's <laughs> like, oh, 
you know, maybe I should really take my career more seriously and go to this, whatever, this, this legit cable news outlet as a researcher to get her foot in the door as a real cable news reporter. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're questioning their decisions. Robin calls and accepts the job to work at this cable news network. And she's going to tell Alex Trebek she's not interested. Barney's going to give money to charity. He goes to see a priest <laughs> that he, that is, that is black. And Barney is hold just keeps holding out hope that this priest is his biological father. <laughs> um, and just as he's writing out the check, he writes one zero zero zero. He gets a text that they're not pregnant because Lily and Marshall find out from the gynecologist that she's that it was a false positive. She's not pregnant, and he's like, "Oh crud! They're not doing anything important with their lives, so I don't need to either." And he turns the check into a hundred dollar check. And Robin is on the phone with Alex Trebek because, of course, that would be who you would talk to about taking a job or not if he's the host. <laughs> He's and also she's Canadian. About, she's about to apologize and say she's not going to. Well, the the thing I missed, we need a new coin flipping girl for this show because the last <laughs> one flipped the coin and it hit Alex Trebek in the eye and he's wearing a Band-Aid on his eye now. <laughs> she's about to turn down the job. She gets the text that Lily and Marshall aren't having the baby and she decides, okay, never mind. I'm going to go with this this job because as she explained to Ted, the last woman went on from... The, the, the original coin flipping woman went on to be on The Bachelor, and then she lost 100 pounds on The Biggest Loser. She did something else, and she was, like, winning the show, winning. She was, looked like she was going to win Celebrity Rehab. Mm-hmm. So she's got high, high, asp- high aspirations. And again, the whole time, Ted is excited about going to the movies, and he's going to take this gingerbread house as a movie snack for everybody. <laughs> to see It's a Wonderful Life. Yes. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. to see it's a wonderful life. He needed a Christmas movie snack. Which do we don't find out it's what it's a wonderful life until the very, very last shot, right? No, he right. talked about it at the beginning. It was the Oh, uh, he did. Okay. I missed yeah, that. He talked about it at the beginning and as the show started, we saw the marquee with It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, okay. I was hoping they had saved that for the end because I thought that was cute. Because that's what the whole episode. Happening. Yeah. So we find out then that Lily and Marshall were freaking out. They tried to do everything that you need to do for a baby in a day. So like they're painting the nursery and it was Reading really, books. really stupid because you have nine months. Yeah. And they're, they're really, they say they're relieved that they're not pregnant. All of this comes together when Barney's wearing his suit. Robin's talking about taking the corn flip, flip the corn, the coin flipping job. <laughs> <laughs> and Lily and Marshall are saying that they were excited. And <laughs> Ted just goes off on everybody. He, he slips sl- out. He he slams the the Christmas movie snack gingerbread house on the ground, which I gotta tell you a funny story. Ellie went to her first movie without us, like with a friend. Mm-hmm. And so we we took her, we dropped her off at the movie theater, and she's walking in. We're taking pictures, and we're like, "Oh, my little baby's grown up. She's going with somebody else." And we see these people, these two ladies in the parking lot, looking real sneaky. Julia, they're taking the big Q Quick Trip cups and putting them in their purse, and like looking <laughs> ar- looking around like it's a drug deal, like they're afraid they're going to get caught. And then I see one of them like putting candy in her pocket. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is this would be like that's taking still like, me. Into- I know, I know. You say you walk into movie theaters with like bags of bags of water burger and stuff like that, but like I still smuggle it in because it just feels like the right thing to do. Nope. You, if you just walk in with your stuff, nobody asks you anything. But this but would be like they the, did. The, I'd have to big- throw it away. No, you just tell them you're taking it in. Nobody's actually going to force you to throw it away. I've never had anybody tell me I couldn't take something in. Yeah, well. Or you just walk like you don't hear them. <laughs> anyway, it would be like going to 7-Eleven, Anthony, and getting like one of the big sodas and putting the soda with the straw in your purse <laughs> to walk in. Okay. So he flips out. Tell Barney he's selfish. Like, this is a really stupid thing. He needs to take the suit back. Ends up screaming and telling all of the criminals that they could retire off of his pants alone because it's covered in diamonds. Goes berserk on Robin because she's basically giving up her dream. She had made a New Year's resolution the year before that she was going to get her badge to work at this cable news outlet by the end of the year. And then he just, I really did find his genuine frustration with Lillian Marshall. Like, you talk about wanting kids all the time, and now you're going to settle for a dog. No, this isn't who you are. (laughs) And they're all like, huh, I guess he's right. So Barney takes the suit back. He goes and gives a big donation to the church. And he's like, and just so I, just to be clear, you still help people who are looking for a job by giving them clothes, right? Well, he takes the suit back after Marshall and Lily shout to the criminals of New York that how much it's (laughs) worth. Come and get him. Right. That they're going to, that they're basically, they could retire from his pants alone. (laughs) And I guess standing outside were several people with clothing racks because he yells to tell these guys to come in and they bring in all these suits that he's going to donate to the, to the needy to help them get jobs. Robin goes ahead and takes the right job. And she, while she's there, they're like, oh, we need you to go downstairs. You got to go down and get your picture for your ID which was her thing and we see lily and marshall at the gynecologist they're upset because they say they've been trying so hard to have kids and haven't had any luck the gynecologist should have a better timeline because they were just there a week ago but it's like well how long have you been trying she's like six days and we're not pregnant and we find out that they continue trying and then at the end barney is doing like a into the camera breaking the fourth wall talking about what we've learned and how you should, you know, this holiday season, you should sleep with people who are not attractive or old or whatever. And we find out that he's trying to take a, he's trying to get women to go home with him and he keeps doing the same like soliloquy to them. And we're done. Well, then we, well, we get the one moment where Robin thanks Ted for his outburst and he agrees yeah. if she ever gets married, he'll be her best man. Mm. Oh, that was the other thing. She told him at the beginning he didn't have what it took to be a best man. He was going to be best yeah. man for his buddy from college. She's like, you're not the one who's going to get him in line when he when he inevitably freaks out and wants to leave. And Ted's like, yes, I am. That's exactly who I am. And I thought it was really funny because his friend calls. He's like, dude, I can't do this. I'm not getting married. And Ted's like, you got this. You love her. You're right. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so that was another little funny one. Um, it did have Christmas elements ambiance the story was not not christmas it did not need to be at christmas we were doing it all to get that tie-in to it's a wonderful life at the end where everybody realizes that they can be their better self and contribute and Mm -hmm. and and i'm gonna give this one another one i just didn't didn't love it yeah i'll go two i'm going five which gives us a 2.67 
I think as we're looking, I would need to verify this, which would take some time. But I think as we look at our TV shows in general, this has been some of our lower rated Christmas episodes for a TV show we've covered. That seems right. And I think maybe this is the first show where we all agree that it did not hold up well at all. Indeed. No, it didn't. We know that a lot of people, like we said before, are in fact fans of I met your mother. H H I M Y M. So if that's you, tell us why you think we're wrong. Did we overlook something? Is there something we're missing? Did you feel these were good Christmas episodes? Does this show hold up? Julia, where can they tell us this information? They uh, can get to like one stop shopping and very easily find all the places they can interact with us and our awesome listeners by going to linktree slash tis the podcast. And that will get you to links to Facebook, links to Reddit, maybe. I don't even know. Facebook is the one that matters. Let's be real. Um, the Facebook group is the one where everybody everybody lives. That's right. Um, it'll be your best opportunity to chat with, um, again, not just us and listeners, but also listeners that have their own awesome podcasts as well. So come check out that community. It's a great place to put your input, recommend stuff to us to cover, tell us how much you love or hate the stuff we've covered. Um, and there's also on that link tree, a quick link to Patreon. Anthony, you want to talk about Patreon and what it is? Yeah. Patreon. If you subscribe, you can get bonus episodes for as little as $1 per month. Been slow for most of the year, but it's picking up now with the Burr months. So I have tons of content for Halloween coming up. And uh, some Thanksgiving and Christmas content coming up soon, too. So check it out. And also, speaking of fans who like How I Met Your Mother, one of them we mentioned earlier, Matt Urich, will be co-hosting the show next week when we cover the Superstore Christmas episode. So we will give Matt Urich a chance to rebut our takes to see if we missed anything or whatever. So, Oh, yeah, yeah. we need to give him time. He deserves it. Oh, absolutely. You know what we all deserve? What do we all deserve? Christmas, and that's only 3,024 hours away. That's 126 days. That's 18 weeks. So do your homework, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.